my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. We're going to mix it up a little bit on you guys today, and we're actually going to answer questions. And the fun part is we don't know what the questions are yet. So we've got a list of people ask a lot of questions about being a digital nomad. We're constantly getting asked this and that, this and that, and we're, we're kind of do like a, a one-off FAQ and we'll respond back to emails, things like that. So what we've done is compiled a list of the top questions that people ask. We're not going to prepare any answers <laughs> and we're just going to read through them one by one. We want to know what the community has to ask and we're just going to do it in a super like raw, authentic kind of way. Nothing produced, nothing prepared. We're just going to tell you based on everything that we know, all of our combined years of experience and all the people that we know that we've traveled with and best answer these questions that constantly come up. So, Marissa, this is going to be the most raw podcast we've had. Um, <laughs> we've had some raw ones, so I'm a little scared. We've had some raw level. ones. <laughs> I, me sitting in Mexico with COVID is about as raw True. and raw throat. Yeah, so we've had some raw ones. But this one's just kind of like, it's going to be like popcorn. So we're just going to jump question to question. And Perfect. so so I'll leave this. I'm going to ask you the first question. And okay. you, it's just Drum going to roll. be on the spot drum roll on the spot ask you question give me the best answer you got are you ready i'm like kind of nervous but super excited let's go yeah it's it's gonna be fun okay question marissa top question that we've got for being a digital nomad one do you think the digital nomad lifestyle can be for everyone or is it just for very specific kinds of people? Ooh. I'm going to get really technical with the question. Do I think it can be for everyone? Yes. Do I think it is for everyone? No. Do I think everyone who wants to do it will? No. So I'm going to elaborate a little bit. So basically, I don't know which part of this question this was getting at, but so many people look and think this lifestyle can't be for them. They, they come from a you know, a country that doesn't have as much money or remote job opportunities or their own background, or they don't have as much savings or a trust fund, or they don't have experience with a remote job that could be, you know, that they don't think could be done remotely, right? So a lot of people are saying like, this can't be for me. So to that, I say, there is absolutely a remote job that anybody can do that you could become a digital nomad. So it can be for everyone. The second part of that is kind of for the people who want to do it, so many people, we've talked about this in some past episodes, so I won't go into it in detail, but so many people just don't take the leap. Like they'll just assume forever it's for other people and not for me. Listen to what was the episode we did, maybe five reasons holding you back from becoming a digital nomad. Dig into that one if that sounds like you. And then lastly, there are a subset of people who just don't want this lifestyle, right? It always baffles me. But some people don't want to be globetrotting. They don't want to travel the world. They're really happy and comfortable at home. So it's not for everybody. But for those who are interested, it can be for you. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I think it. if you want to do it, you can do it. Definitely. So yeah. it really, for me, it just breaks down to two subsets of people. Like, are you the stationary type? Do you want the 
Do you want the white picket fence and the dogs and the kids and stuff? If you do, totally fine. If you've got it in your mind that you want to be a digital nomad, there's a way. You know, yeah. it, depending, it just kind of depends on your situation, how much you're going to have to change your life to get there. But you absolutely can. And it's like, we've said it over and over and over again. You don't need to be an Instagram influencer to do this kind of stuff. You don't no. need to be modeling for Smirnoff bottles. Like you can do all, <laughs> you can do all kinds of stuff. Again, not to promote the hell out of our course, but this is what we teach, right? Yeah. So beachcommute.com backslash GRE. We put it in the show notes. This is what we teach. That was an easy one, wasn't it? <laughs> the first that was, question that was coming easy. out of the, it's a softball. That's a softball. Let's, let, let's, let's jump into the next one. All right. You want me to ask you the second one? Yeah. You give me the question number two. You, yeah, you, you hit me with that and I'll All do right. the best I can with it. Are you ready, Jeff? I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready to answer this. All right. Question two, what is the difference in mindset between someone who's willing to take the leap to start their own business for someone who's, or I say start their own business or become a nomad versus someone who's stuck in the traditional nine to five, either at home in their city or in an office job? And uh, the question comes, what is then the first step towards this mindset change? That question specific for me? (laughs) I mean, I feel like that was written for me. Was it? I was like, I feel like his question's written for me to answer. You go first. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll both commented on it. But so yours is coming at it, it from your part. personal kind of experience, yeah. and mine's from coaching, you know, like thousands of people through this. So you go first, and then I'll give my some expert yeah. opinion. Okay. So this is kind of a two part question. Let's let's take him piece by piece. First one: What is the difference in mindset between <laughs> someone who's willing to take the leap to start their own business? versus someone who's stuck in their nine to five job. I don't think there is a difference between those two people. I think it's just a matter of like when they're ready to take the step, right? So this is assuming this person wants to to jump into starting a business and has not, and they're kind of mentally stuck in the nine to five. For me, I'll speak from my experience, is it's just taking small steps in a direction, right? So my first step was, Okay, Marissa and Diego approached me and said, hey, we got an idea to help people become (laughs) digital nomads. Does that sound interesting to you? Yeah, hell yeah, that sounds interesting (laughs) to me. Okay, so... So step number one, again, I've, I've, I've talked about this time and time again, like you don't climb a ladder by jumping at the top, you take a little step, because then you can see the next step. You have to take one step to actually see that the next step exists. So I don't think there is a difference between those two people. I just think that the person that feels stuck doesn't understand that there's smaller steps that they can take in order to get to a higher rung. You just have to like, pick off one piece at a time you don't just like you don't have to quit and be like oh start a business from scratch it's not like this weird binary zero to nothing zero to 100 type of situation it's just like take bite-sized chunks but let me get your take on this give me give me your give me your rundown because this is what you do is what you've been doing i I could do a whole podcast episode just on this because there's so many don't today I'm not today. There's so no. <laughs> keep it short. There's so many different pieces of it, but I would say one part of this, someone who's willing to versus not, there's so many different levels. And I think like you said, everyone kind of assumes like, okay, today I have to quit everything I was doing before and just take the leap and burn the bridges and start this thing. And you can do it in baby steps. So something I like to say, you know, a lot of people come to me who want to start their own businesses, you know, in order to travel and have more freedom. And everybody has a different level of risk. So I would say as a whole, to answer this question, the difference of 
when we're talking specifically about starting a business, not just, you know, finding a remote job to travel is every entrepreneur, someone who's willing to do this has some level of risk, whether that's spending some money, risking your time, risking your, risking your um, self-confidence if it fails, worrying what other people will think of you, worrying if it fails. But most of it is leaving that stable sort of job that you know. So there's lots of ways to do it. And some people say like, unless I'm making, I literally had a client once who was like, unless I'm making 12,000 US dollars per month, like I'm not quitting this other thing. That's the only way, you know, he had a mortgage and this and that and the other. Whereas other people might have a year's worth of savings and they're like, okay, I got a year to figure this out. I'm going to quit. I want to do it full time and I'm willing to take that risk. So the risk can differ. It doesn't, you know, it can be different for everybody, but I would say on a whole, it's people who are willing to take that risk. And even if that's leaving your job for a remote job so you can travel, you have to be willing to take that risk and you have to want it, right? Like you, I think that... <laughs> Jeff's dog is snoring in the background. He's home. If you hear any sort of little noises, it's pretty cute. Part Here's of the show. Is. We said it's going to be raw today, and that includes my dog. <laughs> She's participating. Yes. Charlie wants to be a part of it. What, what can we do? <laughs> it is all good. The other part of it there, I've lost my train of thought because I was just, Charlie's so cute snoring there. Oh, the other part is just wanting the travel bad enough, right? Some people will just kind of think about it forever and ever, but it's the people who are just like, it becomes such a thing that you can't live without, that you're willing to do everything. So yeah, that's my answer, Jeff. Cool. That's the best we're going to be able to do for somebody that's been doing this as a profession for the last four plus years. Yeah. Thank I'm you. trying to contain myself and not go on for an hour. <laughs> Let's go into number three. All right. Uh, and this this one's me to you, right? Okay. Yes. So question number three, would you say it's crucial for someone who turns location independent to have a home base to return to in case they ever change their mind or get tired, like, or they're like their business goes belly up? More specifically, <laughs> do you think location independent entrepreneurs should own property before they start their journey? Okay, I'm going to answer the second one first. No one has to own any property before they start their journey, for sure. You right? can. I'm going to just like put that one off the table. That's like a, it's a great investment. You can, a lot of digital nomads who do have that, you might just make some extra yeah. cash renting it out, something like that. But you can put that one off Good the table. Good question. Just write it off. Good question, yeah. but no, but no. Yeah, that's an easy one. The other question definitely differs. So it's, it's, should you have a home base to return to in case you hit the road and run out of money or decide that you hate traveling and feel lonely and want to run home? <laughs> that's the question. So across all of our nomad friends, acquaintances, travelers, people in our community, you're really going to get a mix of everything. And it's pretty 50-50, I would say. I don't have exact data on this. It'd be interesting to do. But I would say around 50% of people, maybe even less, have a home base and keep a home base in some sort of way. So whether they have a condo or an apartment or a place with roommates or something that they will either rent out or just leave empty and kind of pay double rent in places if they travel for a little bit. Those are the people who want a home base to go home to. They might travel for a month, two months, three months, four months, 
go home for a month or two. So Jeff is a perfect example of this. I'll let you get into your story in a second. Actually, I won't. Jeff has a home where he has roommates and a dog. So the dog is really, uh, I would say, a big part of your reason. But Jeff travels home, keeps keeps a bedroom basically as part of a house, and will go home from time to time to be with his dog. So there's different reasons. Maybe you have family or friends you or you just like to be home every now and then. So when I first left, I had a condo that I rented out for four months. And I said, okay, I'm gonna go try this nomad life for four months. If I hate it that way, like I had moved all my clothes and stuff out, but I had my furniture, all the big stuff. So I had a place to come home to. And that was like five years ago. And I I, I used to kind of rent it out back and forth from time to time, go home for a month or two, because I had a cat. But now that my cat has passed on, I'm like, I never want to go back to my home. Maybe I'll stay at my parents a week or two, but pretty much, you know, you could stay with friends or family or get an Airbnb in your hometown for a month or two if you want to be back. So you don't need it, but there's definitely a mix just based on your comfort level. What would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's across the board. It depends on the person. We've, we've seen every range of housing situations. Uh, I would recommend for people just dipping their toes in the water maybe don't jump in whole hog, maybe keep your place at home and try it. Like just go give it a month, give it two months. If you hate the digital nomad thing, at least you can return back to your hometown. Like just give it a, give it a trial run. That said, you can jump in and just go full digital nomad. And you can, if you need to establish a new home base, there's there's really, really easy, like Playa del Carmen, a great place to like, I've got a new home base that's fairly inexpensive. There are places you can go to that are very comfortable. That'll be like your new recharge home that are pretty, you can just go to in a pinch. Medellin for me, that's that spot. It's just like, okay, I know I can get a place that's affordable. I know everything around, everything's super easy. That's like my home recharge space. So like you don't need to think of home as in like the place you grew up or the place that you're currently living you can create new temporary homes where you can recharge right so yeah. so you really you really do have a full range of options and you don't need to think of it as in like this crazy binary yes or no situation i have to leave yeah. everything or i have to like keep everything like there is yeah. an in between there's an in-between yeah. range. And a lot of people like to go home and stay with their parents. Like, even I feel like we have friends in their 30s, 40s who are like, it's so fun. It sounds yeah. weird, but we're like, it's great. I get to stay with my parents for a month, pay no rent. Cook like, for you. Spend more yeah. time with them, you know? So there's all of that. And I guess some people, maybe if you get attached, if you have like an apartment or a condo or a home or something that you just like really love and it's hard to replace, maybe then rent it out or just try mm-hmm. it for a month and like, yeah, double up. But I think we've, think we've covered it there i'm gonna shoot the next question to you jeff are you ready yeah let's go okay is saving up for retirement a viable option for digital nomads who no longer have residency in one place and may not be eligible for various government pension schemes or do people not even bother with this at all? I'm wondering if this is referring to retirement money. <laughs> do digital nomads, I'm going to kind of rephrase this, like do digital nomads still save for retirement? Can they still save for retirement even if they're not like in their government or have like 401k plans or whatever that might of be? Course. In country? Of course. Of course. <laughs> like this is, I think this is something that like, yeah, it's worth considering, but it's one of those things where it's not maybe a very, 
professional perfect answer but it's one of those things you figure figure out as long as <laughs> it's, it's not something that should hold you back from being a digital nomad yeah. it's something that you figure out as you go along down the road it's like all right you're going to figure out more details about it yes as a digital nomad saving money does not change and you can be traveling the world <laughs> and you can save money at the same time yeah we've talked about this at length before like there are places that you can go that are very very inexpensive and you can actually save more money as a digital nomad mm-hmm. than staying at home. We've talked about this. This is, this is very, very doable. And when you are able to do that, you can take your money and invest it however you want. Now, there's a caveat here. Like if you are no longer a resident of where you're coming from, it's possible that your retirement system is going to change. I can't speak to that. You would need yeah. to talk to a financial planner for sure, right? But if you've got your savings account, if you're invested in in stocks, in cryptocurrency, all that kind of stuff, it's going to depend on your individual situation. Um, but it's doable. And it's, I'm just going to say outright, I don't know the specific details. It won't keep you from being a digital nomad, right? Anything beyond that, you, you I, I I would just be making stuff up and you have to talk to the account. I don't know. Do you have anything, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I have some th- I, I totally agree for every specific country. You know, we, there's an accountant who I work with who is so knowledgeable on digital nomad tax loopholes. So you can, there's, there's so many programs where you actually pay fewer taxes. Like there's so many loopholes as digital nomads where you actually can save more money on top of just being in locations where, you know, it might be less expensive than what you're paying. But I think what part of what this question is hitting at is there's the kind of view of digital nomads that you're still just traveling and burning through money. So if you think about it like a backpacker, mm-hmm. right, a lot of people will say, okay, I had the normal steady job where I was investing into my retirement, my company was matching it. And then I just quit it completely and, you know, burned through all the savings and the retirement funds I had. And it was like worth it for a year of travel, right? That's kind of the old school mentality before the digital nomad opportunities came around. Now you don't have to stop working. We're still traveling, but we're not backpacking. We're, you know, we're not depleting our money. We're still saving it and making it the same way we would if we were just living in whatever country or state or city or town, you know, you are wherever you're from. So Mm -hmm. that's part of the mindset I want to address as well is like, maybe you're not having the exact, you know, government pension plan, which those hardly exist anymore, regardless. So it's up to you to figure out how to, you know, be responsible and save your money. But I would say to Jeff's point, as a nomad, you can actually save more money between cheaper locations and different tax loopholes. And you still, ha- yeah, you you can have the exact same job and salary and just, or maybe just with a new company who lets you do it, but you can still travel and make money and save for retirement is the bottom line there. Yeah. Shouldn't hold you back. Definitely not. You're going to have an individual it's situation. Because yeah, it's like, yeah. Into that would be a thought. Yeah. And if you got some, some weird situation, write us in hello at beachcommute.com and we can like, we can probably try to help you out and point you in the direction of somebody that can help you out, but just don't let that hold you back. That should be a question, tier two question, tier three question. First question should be, <laughs> how do I do it? Cool. Let's, let's jump into question five. Me to you. Does it, I already know your answer, but does it happen sometimes that you consider going back to the normal stable type job, even if it means traveling less and being less free in life. That's a softball. (laughs) I was laughing because I'm like, freedom is my number one value. And I think at Beach Commute, all three of us and really any digital nomad, 
it's almost like once you once you have the freedom, most people never want to go back. I do know a few people who have. It is the rare occasion. And this really seems like it's more about someone who is freelancing or an entrepreneur going back to a more stable job. But I just want to answer this in general of like, you know, once you're once you're free and have this remote lifestyle, do you ever want to go back to a more stable life in general? So I do know some entrepreneurs who, you know, it was they were making money. I can think of two off the top of my head, but it was just too stressful. And they preferred to go back to a actual, you know, working for a company, but they still wanted to do it while travel. So like once they've tasted the travel freedom, most people never want to go back, even if that means they're go back and live in their hometown for a while. It's like everyone still just wants that freedom to say, if I want to pick up and leave tomorrow, I could. So some people do go back home for a little bit of time or an extended time for whatever reason, but most people still want to be able to work remotely and go. There's, I'm trying to think of, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who's gone back to an actual like no. in the office, in a cubicle, nine to five. But no. yeah, nobody. In terms of yeah, in terms of entrepreneurship, I definitely do know some people who have gone and started their own business and just realized like it was a lot more stressful than I thought. I'd rather have a little less freedom and work for a company and just have that solid paycheck, but still traveling. So again, that's what we primarily teach right now in our course is how to find that stable, you know, paid job but still have the freedom to travel because it's the first easiest way to become a nomad without the stress of entrepreneurship on top of it. Anything to add yeah. there, Jeff? No, the only backtracking that I've seen amongst any of my friends is like not from a travel perspective. It's only from a job perspective. And the only yeah. thing that I've seen is somebody move back from a pure entrepreneur to perhaps like a more stable contract type role or even working full-time for a company while traveling. Yeah. Never seen them go back to an office <laughs> ever. Hundreds of people never seen somebody go back to yeah. an office. I, it's a good life. I can't, I can't imagine a scenario where, where, where somebody would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely could not. I know Jeff knows. I'm like, freedom forever, <laughs> no matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. This is kind of a funny one. This, this is not our like bread and butter, but we'll just see where we go with this one. We are not financial advisors. So that being said, disclaimer Jeff, out. Disclaimer. <laughs> But we're just answering questions today from from us. So what are your best financial tips for digital nomads specifically? I have no idea what you're going to say, so I'm excited. (laughs) I'm going to take this from the perspective of a new digital nomad. Okay. uh, Because I think it's really, really easy to get off on the wrong foot depending on where you start, right? So I, my recommendation is that if you are to start off your new life as a digital nomad, don't go to Western Europe. (laughs) My financial advice, you can, I I think part of the thing that you're, what you're going to run into is you're going to find that like you may equate digital nomad with vacation style life. My advice, don't spend like you're on vacation. Spend like you're in your normal life. And, And with that comes... Two parts to that. The first part is choose your first location wisely so that you can adapt very quickly without burning through all your money. Like, So if you immediately go to Paris or you go to Amsterdam or anywhere, anywhere in Western Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to burn, you're going to burn through your savings immediately. And you're going to be like, how the hell do people do this digital nomad <laughs> life? This is yeah. way too expensive. And it will be too expensive. Pick a location that's like 
easy on your wallet. We've we've got a whole list of them. There's there's a bunch. You'll do very very well in Latin America. Do pretty well. You'll do really well in like Bali in Southeast Asia. Like your yeah. money will go all Mexico. Your money will go a long ways. Eastern Europe parts of it, like Romania, your money will do pretty good. Yeah, last a long even time. like I'm in South Africa right now. It's pretty inexpensive here. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Choose wisely. Choose choose yeah. your place wisely. Uh, second thing, and we've also covered this before. We talked about it on the website too is a uh, sustainable lifestyle. So what I mean by that is don't eat out every single meal. Again, you're not on vacation. Plan it mentally like you're living at home. Like go out and shop for food and cook at home and then go out and eat at a normal rate that you would while you were at home. So don't, yeah. I guess the main thing is don't abandon all of the healthy habits that you've had, financial habits that you've had back at home and just go into vacation mode, right? Yeah. So just just keep that in mind, keeping your discipline financially, not changing anything, just keeping it. That's all you got to yeah. do is my recommendation for, for, for keeping your finances in order. Marissa? Yeah. That last one was going to be my first tip. It's a good one. It's like grocery shop like normal, like live like normal. Think about you're just in a different place living like normal. You're not just in hotels and eating at five-star restaurants every night just because there's so many new places to go. So just a couple of random ones on top of that is negotiate Airbnbs. And if you stay somewhere for a month or wherever you find it through, if you stay for about a month, you can usually get a much better rate. That's not like a nightly hotel sort of rate. And then this is, I don't know if this counts as financial tips but credit cards cash like bring duplicates or have several credit cards or several several debit cards because if something gets compromised or stolen you'll have backups and I like to keep them in separate locations when I travel so I might keep half of them in my backpack and half in a purse and half you know I guess that's all my halves but keep them kind of split up if something gets stolen you still have something left but financial tips yeah I think I think you really nailed it Jeff to start and again go to those locations there's so many Charlie's snoring in the background I love it she's really loud <laughs> but yeah her first are... appearance on the podcast yeah I was really right. thinking about financial tips as more of like a financial advisor of like investing and that kind of stuff but for digital nomads I think you know, the financial and investing stuff is like the same yeah. whether you're home or, or away. So those are great tips. And I think we're good there. All right. Question Let's number fix. seven, then. Yes. To you, what is the most mentally challenging part Ooh. about being a digital nomad? Oh, God. That's like asking you, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> well, I don't even know. I'm really curious to hear which direction you're going to go with this one. It could go, it could go anywhere. Oh, man. This is so hard. Okay. The most mentally challenging, I know, because I've got like 27 answers. There's a lot of, I, I do want to say, I think for anyone who's been listening to our podcast knows at this point, there's a lot of really like mental, the whole thing is mentally challenging and so worth the reward. But I would say the biggest part is actually taking the leap to become a digital nomad. I'm going to cheat here. I've got a lot of, a lot of other ones. If you want me to answer one about like being That's cheating. a nomad. You are cheating. Yeah. Oh, that's the hardest it, part of all of it. It's like taking that leap. Dig- I know. I know. Okay. We've talked about the big leap. Let's let, give me the hardest part about your digital nomad life. Okay. Mentally being a digital nomad. Okay. I've got it. Yeah. So I would say 
for me, and again, there's so many and they're different for everyone. One of the hardest things for me is actually not feeling like a tourist in the place that I am and not feeling like I have to do everything, which exhausts me and takes away from my work and my life. So for example, I'm in Cape Town in South Africa right now. I probably, by the time I leave, I think I'll spend about three weeks here, which is a little shorter than I would normally spend I kind of came in between places. I didn't mean to be here. I'm heading to Bali soon, which I'm super pumped about. But because I'm only here for three weeks, I feel like I have to do everything in a short amount of time. So yesterday, it was like a beautiful sunny day. And I was like, I can't waste this beautiful sunny day. Like I took a long walk and I went to one of the most popular beaches. And I'm actually sitting in a co-working space, like staring out at Table Mountain for anyone who knows Cape Town or has been like, there's so much beauty and so much hiking to explore here and so many like things to do. And every day I'm like, okay, I can't leave until I've done this, this, that, this, that. And because of that, I'm like, you know, do you sleep less? Do you work out less? Do you work less? Like it's got to give somewhere else. And it's mentally kind of exhausting to feel like you have to do everything while you're also you know, I'm not here on vacation. Like this is my normal life where I'm trying to run several businesses and, you know, I have to make an income and, and still work out and be healthy and all of that. So I think mentally it's just like, realize that when you're in somewhere for a temporary amount of time that you don't, you can't do everything, you won't do everything. And sometimes you have to sacrifice doing what you want for like living a normal life while you're in that place. Yeah. 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 Good answer. That's a hard one for me. Thank you. Thank you. What What's your answer? <laughs> yeah, same same kind of like path, with like a, like an offshoot of what you're talking about. Really, it's like sustainable lifestyle for me. Yeah. Because when you're when you're bouncing around from place to place, even if you're staying somewhere for three weeks, four weeks, or something, it's different from the previous spot. Like you've got different Wi-Fi speeds. You got a different. Literally, the physical makeup of your workstation mm. is different, yeah. and you have to. And you may be living with somebody else who's a loud talker during calls, <laughs> right? Me. <laughs> you might be living. You might be living with party. me, <laughs> or my friend Jim. Jim is loud. We love you, Jim. Together, we're both loud people. I would love like, to be with both of you together <laughs> one day. Yeah, it's 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 a sustainable lifestyle is conflicts directly with a transient digital nomad lifestyle it is really yeah. really hard it's like you have to it's really hard to to uh to slow one things down to yeah to balance it with this naturally like fluctuating type of lifestyle stuff moving around yeah. so like what i mean is like we've talked about this before eating healthy good like exercise habits all those kinds of things it's hard when you're constantly moving and for me yeah. the, the most the most difficult part is really just like maintaining everything that you need to do to stay mentally and physically and like business-wise productive yeah. while while in a changing environment all the time. There's ways to do it. It's really just comes to down down to discipline and it's it takes a while. Like you don't just jump right in and figure it out, but it's it's very very doable. For me that's the hardest part. Yeah, that's a good one. I feel like I'm three weeks into this place and I honestly feel like today, like just got in the swing of things. Like I found this awesome co-working space. I feel like I know where I can yeah. walk and where I can't. I finally found my food places. I finally figured out like the Wi-Fi. So like it, it takes a while and it is exhausting. Just it's like that an extra mental capacity to, yeah, just to get settled and live. So it is, there's a lot of mentally hard parts about being a nomad for sure. 
So that's the top seven questions that we got yes. for being a digital nomad. Um, we'll see how it goes. I think we can revisit this. It's it, it's either like we come up with topics that we think that our audience wants, <laughs> or we find the topics that they're actually asking. So I think this is a good idea. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what Let people think. Let us know if you like this rapid fire style. If you want to reach out, send us an email for sure. Yeah, write in. We can answer your questions on podcasts. We can write you back, whatever you want. We're really interactive with our audience. We've got a great audience. This podcast is growing very, very quickly, which is awesome. Glad to hear a lot of people are listening. We get feedback that people are uh, getting a lot of out of, it, out of it, which makes us very happy. So yeah, continue to make it interactive and we will we'll answer your questions. Yeah. Um, other than that, that was our that was our top seven questions for now. Anything to add, Marissa? Did we miss anything? As always, check out beachcommute.com slash 91. If you haven't already downloaded our guide, it's 91 actual job titles that remote professionals in our community are doing. So some great inspiration if you think that you want to start working remotely, travel the world while you're working like us and like everyone in our community. Um, it's great inspiration. So check it out for sure. But other than that, yeah, top seven questions. I think we'll we'll readdress these and keep answering some rapid fire questions. I just like to see what Jeff is going to say. So I had fun. <laughs> Hopefully you guys did too. <laughs> yep. Thanks for joining us again, everybody. And we'll see you again next next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.